Second Sunday of Lent, Judy Dunstan explores the Gospel text of John chapter 3 verses 1 to 17 using an amusing poem by an ancient mystic at the Moot Eucharist. Julie opens up the challenge of the Christian faith drawing on the contemplative roots of the faith which is at its heart about getting beyond the ego and humility. It's good to be with you this evening in your lovely new home and I'm looking forward to celebrating with you on Tuesday evening. In the meantime, I pray now that my words would, by God's grace, inspire our Lenten journey. Amen. I've been musing over a short poem by a favorite poet of mine called Hafiz. Hafiz was a Sufi mystic who lived and wrote in the 14th century Persia. This rather witty translation captures well, I think, the always contemporary message of the mystic. Here's the poem. First, the fish needs to say, something ain't right about this camel ride, and I'm feeling so damn thirsty. First, the fish needs to say, What am I doing here? Who am I? Why does this not feel right? I have a strange feeling I'm meant to be somewhere else. I'm thirsty. We don't really know what Nicodemus' motivation was for coming to Jesus that night. Threatened by Jesus' influence, was he trying to win him over? Impressed by his miracles, was he trying to form a coalition? Or was he genuinely seeking something more? I like to think he was thirsty for truth, even if somewhat frightened of what his gang might think of this rendezvous. I like to think he was thirsty for something, even if he came to Jesus atop the dramatry of religious reason. I know you are a teacher from God because you're doing some pretty amazing things, says Nicodemus flattering Jesus, perhaps, but in any case, signaling a very particular sort of conversation. But Jesus didn't generally go for flattery, nor for rational and logical discourse. Instead, his responses tended to be cryptic, subversive, startling, inviting. He painted pictures, spoke in parables, challenged his listeners to come at life from a different angle. Listen, Nicodemus, Jesus is more or less saying, you aren't going to get there on that camel. It would be like, well, trying to get that thing through the eye of a needle. You're not going to see God's kingdom unless you are born anew. Nicodemus persists along the logical line, being either obtuse or chiding. He says, how can this be? Can a man return to his mother's womb? Jesus replies, very truly, translate, I'm being serious, man. You must be born of water and the Spirit. In effect, you're in the wrong place. You've got to make a dive for it. Get into the waters of faith. 
get into the spirit. Poor Nicodemus. By now he's feeling decidedly uncomfortable on that hump. How can this be, he asks, slipping awkwardly and trying to stay on. And so, I think, do we. How, indeed. Jesus goes on to answer him in those famous lines so often used by Christians of a certain persuasion. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This overall passage points to a sort of belief that is precisely not what has come to be associated with that phrase, being born again. This is not about simply naming the name, being on the right side, joining the club. This is about being willing to follow in the way of Jesus, which, on the contrary, is about letting go of Pharisaic notions of who is in and who is out. Very unlike a cozy club, it is a radically inclusive movement. Jesus did not set himself apart, but entered in, bearing the hatred and fear and judgment and transforming them in love. This way is one of paradox. Leaving our security leads us home. Like Abraham, who instead of clinging to the familiarity of his homeland, followed the call into an unknown land, believing the promise of something greater. And from the barren womb of Sarah, God's people were born. This is what we are reminded of in Lent, to leave some part of the familiar landscape behind and to open our hearts to the covenant of love. We are reminded that to find our true satisfaction, we must resist the easy self-satisfaction of our own power and pride. We must come down off our high camels. The mystics throughout the centuries have shown us this way. They show us that the way to God is ultimately not by knowing, but by unknowing. Not by control, but surrender. Not by reason, but by faith. Not by law, but the spirit. Not by filling up, but by emptying. Not by day, but by night. One of the great Christian mystics, St. John of the Cross, understood how we are born anew by entering the womb of a dark night and emerging with new vision. Likewise, this story written by the mystic of the Gospel writers has Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night. Nicodemus, so righteous, so rational, so drawn to Jesus, so frightened and so like us. He comes to Jesus by night. We too often come with our truest questions and need in our darkness. Experiences of crisis, loss, inadequacy, disillusionment and pain. In confusion and in doubt. In moments when profound suffering takes us outside of our safe self. The mystical tradition, contrary to popular opinion, is not about transcending to great heights or cut-off states of consciousness. The mystics throughout the centuries 
in Spain and in London experience something of the reality of our true home in God, the truth of our unity with one another and with all creation. Through prayer and grace, they are drawn into the mystery of God's presence deep within. They swim freely in God's love, our original blessing, no longer happy in the plodding, dry world of certainty. The contemplative tradition is making a comeback, weary of words, tired of the bumpy ride of self-effort, and divided within ourselves, we long for peace. Lent is a good time to find some way to let go. The words, the busyness, the addictions, the automatic drives of the ego, long enough to let another reality in. If you aren't already exploring meditation, for heaven's sake, why not? In an age when the dogmatic arrogance of so many words breeds violent divisions, wordless prayer is one of the only real remedies. And it's also an excellent Lenten discipline. Contemplative silence is one very good way of getting off that camel and into the water. It's a good way to enter the dark room of new birth. But the work of any true prayer or discipline is to allow God's love to liberate us from within, to set us free from the slavery of our own limited view, from the fetters of ego and the tyranny of fear, to enjoy the freedom we were created for, the freedom to be more fully ourselves. The Jesus we follow was lifted up, first on the cross and then from the tomb and ultimately in his return to the Godhead. And then, praise be, the Spirit was given and even now blows where it will across a hot and tired humanity coming from a direction the reasonable mind could never imagine and going on to refresh all those who know they are thirsty. But first, the fish needs to say, something ain't right about this camel ride, and I'm feeling so damn thirsty. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Thank you.